Anyway, hello listeners and welcome back to yet another episode of the One Touch Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Vuyo, today, and I'm joined by my favorite co-conspirator. Being, <laughs> you know, boy. <laughs> being the one and only junior. And uh, before we get into it, yeah, we just want to talk about the the Arsenal and Sheffield game. Like, this is this is a big result for Sheffield. This is a massive result for them, yeah. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Because now they're sitting at ninth on the on the table. And bro, honestly, I love to fit. Sheffield United, bro. They play really well, bro. No, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. um, they play as just they're dogs. You know what I mean? They work hard for the team. No, absolutely, good characters. Typical, yeah, typical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, British kind of team. You know, right? And it's literally no full of British players. It's yeah, British it, players, it, it really yeah. is, bro. Yeah, it's pretty mad. And I mean, um, their tactics are like innovative, bro. Like you've got overlapping centre backs in a back three. That's that's something special. That's pretty sweet, that yeah. All the time. yeah. And unfortunately, Kenny refused to join us today because of the <laughs> results. Which <laughs> is pretty, it's pretty mad. Bro, it's not even that he's like a bit upset. He just wants to watch Arsenal, bro. Ooh, that's going to be interesting. I'm probably going to catch it after this, honestly. Yeah. going to catch it after this. So, what do we, what do we do about Unai Emery now? What's, what's, what's the, what, what do we, what do we do now? As as an Arsenal board member, as an Arsenal director, as an Arsenal, you know, CEO, what's the way forward for the club? Funny enough, I actually asked my old man, you know, um, while it was still like zero zero, um, while watching the game, and yeah. I mean, um, obviously, I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll give him the sack yeah. until like the end of the season or when it gets to the stage where. They know, okay, they're not going to make top four and they're probably not going to win the Europa League or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, um, I think I think you just... Maybe one more season, bro, really, honestly. Because the players they have are really, really good. Because, you know? right. I mean, Once we talked Pepe about this... The yeah, we talked yeah. about this last week as well. Because they kind of look like they're becoming like a team and stable as well. But like all of a sudden, their problems are literally highlighted in today's result. And it's not that yeah. they played badly too. It was just like Sheffield were just on top of it from the get go, you know. Yeah, I mean, obviously, and the thing is, bro, when you play these teams, bro, you 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 know sometimes you just have to match them. Sometimes you know what I mean. Sometimes you mm-hmm. also need to be a bit physical and stuff. And it's difficult to break down a team that plays in a back five, and then right. you know they've got the other. Um, Three in midfield sitting right in front of them, and then the mm-hmm. two strikers are dropping back as well, bro. And then yeah. you've got Pierre and um, and and um, Saka and Pepe, you know, playing in between the spaces, and that's not like their strength. You know, they want to get at you, playing right. behind. And once you suffocate them, it's not like Arsenal like for them to to play in between, especially those kind of players, bro. It's, it's yeah, difficult, it's- you know. Because definitely, Sheffield looked hungrier, sharper, and, like, more organised than Arsenal by, like, a mile. And as well, like, Arsenal looked like they kind of lacked um, some urgency and some leadership out there today. Yeah, you know, it's just an Arsenal problem sometimes. You know, they move the ball a bit slow. But, I mean, you know, the the thing is, I can't even blame the manager with this one, bro. Arsenal really did play well, especially when he put on Ceballos in the end there. They're really knocking it around him and Gunduzi, but it's just a matter of how how they were gonna break them down, and they just didn't really look like they were gonna score, honestly. Right, but credit to Sheffield as well, honestly, because as much as we're criticizing Arsenal, 
this is this is a well-deserved result for Sheffield. Yeah, Sheffield. No, bro, Sheffield really impresses me, bro. And obviously, right. I was a bit upset too, but when they got a draw at Stamford Bridge as well, bro, they were doing the same things, you know? Right. Keeping it tight at the back and then overlapping and putting those balls into the box, bro. And McGoldrick is a player. That guy yeah. is a player, bro. And, you know, funny enough, bro, next week, guess who they play? Oh, actually, I don't say United, actually, bro. No, nah, I was actually looking at the wrong thing. While we're playing them away on the 24th of November, that, that would have been, that's going to be an interesting game for us, honestly. It's going to be... Yeah, I, no, I, any I, team I, that I, goes away to Sheffield, yeah, bro, is going to really feel... Because the last time they lost four games on the bounce at home was 1965. So, like, that's, that's, that's like their fortress. Like, that's what they count on. That's what they count on. So, now... Where do you where do you where do you see them finishing on the table? Mm, I still think they're gonna finish bottom half of the table, but like a yeah. solid, you know, um, Premier League team. So maybe like thirteenth, fourteenth. Right, because I I think if I'm not wrong, in the first episode, I think I predicted them to finish in the in the relegation like zone. But like now they've they've actually proven to like hold their own weight. So uh, as as you said, yeah, bottom half of the table. But I. I I don't know if they'll get relegated anymore, honestly. Just yeah, honestly, um, I, I swear in the first episode of um of the podcast, I swear we mm-hmm. put like Norwich a bit high, but I, I don't see Norwich surviving. I know, I know, I know. They might, they might be in trouble. Yeah, I, I trouble. mean, the, the football they play is quite good, but I mean, sometimes you just have to dog out results and it doesn't look like the... Right, they, they have that on them. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. All right, then. And moving right on to the Liverpool and United game yesterday. <laughs> What 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 do you have to say about that one one result for? I guess who should be the happy of the two teams? Would you say? Um. Obviously, no. Obviously, Man U is going to be happy um, to come away with a draw. Obviously, they're a bit disappointed because you know they were leading until the eighty fifth minute. Right. And uh, I mean, you shouldn't really let those ones go. But I mean, I mean, to walk away with the point and um, break down Liverpool's. 18-game win streak is, 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 is quite good. Right. Because, I mean, Liverpool had 60 pe- 60% possession last, last night to United's 32%. And Honestly, bro, um, United... You see, the thing is why I can say United played well is because they played according to their game plan. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, they, exactly. They kept their game plan. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, obviously, Liverpool did dominate possession. But that's that's exactly what, man, you wanted them to do. Absolutely. So then when you look at it from that perspective, I mean, obviously... Uh, and Liverpool didn't really play wide. It wasn't really sparking for them in the attacking mm-hmm. third. Obviously, they were missing Mo Salah. But... Mo Salah, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think it was, it was a good tactic by Klopp to... Start Origi. I mean, personally, if I was Klopp, I would have started Oxlade on out wide. You know, because he used to play out out wide for Arsenal, so like it wouldn't have been a major change for him. But playing Origi as an as a winger is that's 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 a that's a very interesting tactic. Yeah. I mean, um, in the beginning of the season when um, was it Mane was still at Afcon? Yeah, yeah. Um, he he did start Origi, and Origi the whole of preseason was really playing out wide. And, uh, you know, and uh, first game of the season, I think when Mane was on the bench, he did play Origi out wide. So, I mean, Origi has grown into that position. Obviously, it's a bit difficult because when he came on, when he played the, the whole game against Barcelona up top, you know, he did his thing. But, uh, I mean, like, he's that's the position he's been uh, groomed to be playing. 
Right. And obviously, it's a bit it's a bit difficult, you know what I mean? You've got players on the bench, and then you pull in Sean Oxlade, who's been playing in midfield, and you tell him, now go play out wide. Right. You've got Riga on the bench. It's, it's a difficult one, you know. But then that comes back to my initial argument a couple of weeks back when I said that, like, if Liverpool are actually going to challenge for the league and the Champions League at the same time, they need some sort of depth in their squad. Oh, yeah, and no, they, their depth is, um, especially yeah. like in the attacking third. Obviously, now with uh, Shakiri injured as well. Exactly, it's... exactly. That's that's literally like, that's who they would have probably put on if, if since Salah's injured. But like, since he's injured as well, like, that doesn't help them at all. Oh, uh, yeah. It doesn't help yeah, them at yeah. all. And like, I don't know how long Salah's going to be out for, but next week, yeah, Liverpool, Liverpool, exactly. Liverpool, Liverpool plays Tottenham. And they play Man City on the tenth of November too, so it's a it's a tough it's a tough running of fixtures for them. So if I was you know Klopp, I would you know try get some sort of depth and and because like if you're going to compare them to Man City, who are going to be challenging for the league against them as well, they have all sorts all sorts of depth in their squad. They even had the the luxury of playing um, uh, Rodri and Fernandinho at centre back. Like imagine, bro, like that's mad. That's that's pretty mad. I mean, yeah, bro. I mean, they were playing. Um, is it Crystal Palace away? Crystal and obviously, Palace Crystal, away. yeah. And Crystal yeah, Palace yeah. can be dogged, bro. You know, with right. Gary Cahill and and Scott Dan at the back there. You know, yeah. so obviously they're gonna and they're gonna have the bulk of the possession. Obviously, maybe they might get caught in the break and isolate Fernandinho a little bit because of pace. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's what you expect with Man City, bro. Those guys no, are bold, you know. No, absolutely, absolutely. And to the biggest, the biggest point of debate in the past few weeks, and I guess it's been going on for more than just a few weeks. Honestly, it's been going on for it's been years, decades, even the problem of racism in football. Racism in football, like what's the way forward in kicking it out, so to say, in quotes. Um. Yeah, man, that's a that's a very sensitive issue as well. I know, very sensitive. I, I I honestly, bro, I honestly don't know how um, you know, our governing bodies are gonna be able to to really eradicate it from society. Obviously, it's a lack of education, and you know, because it's not just in football, you know, society. It's society, yeah, as a whole, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, honestly, because um, because actually, FIFA had written a new script, mm-hmm. and funny enough, um, racism this season has been. Really, really bad. I mean, there's a lot of incidents compared to the past seasons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, recently, but I mean, FIFA has written a new script on ways to tackle it, and bro, it's just really difficult. And for players, you know, as a player myself, I actually don't know how I would tackle it myself. You know, walk off the field or you know right. just continue to play. I really don't know what I'll do. Because I mean, even we have a couple organizations. We have one, the kick-out organization that's been in the game for a long time, the Raise Your Game organization. But just a couple of years back, we had Rio Ferdinand, who was involved in an incident. He was saying that the kick-it-out uh, organization is basically pointless in the game. Like, they haven't done anything, you know, because you were saying wearing shirts and just, like, you know, voicing their opinion just doesn't do anything, you know, to, to help kick it out. Yeah, honestly, because the the Premier League statement on anti discrimination is is really um, you know just awareness. So putting the stickers and um, the Rainbow Laces campaign, you know, yes, it is awareness, but that doesn't really change 
um, people's opinions on, and you know, it, yeah, okay, you're aware of it, you see it, but that's not going to help to eradicate the situation. Right. You know what I mean? And um, honestly, they need to they need to really do um, a lot of work in it. Uh, maybe um, put um, policemen, you know, undercover policemen, stadiums, yeah. try pinpoint exactly who's doing it. Stadium bands need to be implicated, and a lot of things like that. Man. Yeah, because even like yesterday, we have one of, we had one of our mates suggest walking off the field during, you know, so to say, send out a message to the fans that they're not going to tolerate this kind of. This kind of situation. Do you, do you think walking off would kind of help? Um, honestly, okay. From two perspectives, um, I'm going to give you an example of the England game. So yeah, yeah. The England players, you know, Gareth Southgate asked them, "Do you want to walk off?" Because he said, "We'll back you any other way." Harry Kane and then um, said, "We'll back you whatever decisions you make." And they asked them, and they said, "No, listen, we're not going to walk off." And they battered Bulgaria, bro. Um, right. Six nothing went away. Yeah, six nothing, and that's actually Bulgaria's worst home defeat. <laughs> that's nuts you see what that's I mean nuts. so like obviously it charged them a little bit it, they battled right. them you know and they played really well in there but obviously um, that's a statement in itself and I think that's a much more bolder statement to show that listen it doesn't affect us um, and you know we're here to play a game of football but then again you know as a fan honestly if I go right. to a stadium you know I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to be chanting anything discriminatory but like as a fan if you're being racist or whatever and, you know, the players decide to walk off 20 minutes, 30 minutes into the game. You don't get to watch the whole game, you know what I mean? And you go home mm-hmm, disappointed. Mm-hmm. Then it also, it kind of, you know, triggers something that, listen, maybe I shouldn't do this stuff so I can watch the game. You know, I paid money. Right. So, but really, I mean, the people that do those things in the stadiums aren't fans of the game. They don't love the game. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing things like that. You know what? I was actually reading a tweet yesterday, bro. It was saying, this lady, she was on an interview on the news. And she was basically saying, she basically said she, she studies, like, like human behavior, basically. And she was yeah. saying that, she was saying that um, these hooligans and, like, these fans who come to stadiums, you know, and start chanting racist stuff and all that nonsense. She was saying that it's, it's only when they're at stadiums and they're around those kind of people that they get, they get triggered. So she was saying that nine to five. Or like during the week. yeah, yeah, during the week they're not <laughs> racist. Like that doesn't make any sense, man. bro. Bro, honestly, um, I remember the statement released by um, is it the Cagliari uh, fans in Italy? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know, under yeah, on the Lukaku situation, and you know they were trying to justify justify it, that, yeah. Ridiculous, um, ridiculous. It's, it's it's disgusting, bro. But like it is. You know, you can see the thought process of what this guy is trying to say, bro. It's, right. I, I, I really understand what, you know, this lady that does the research is trying to say that, like, um, the, it tricked... Ah, bro, I, I don't even know how to explain it, bro. It just, for me, just don't I do feel, it, you know what I mean? For me, I feel like it doesn't... It's not like they're not racist during the week. It's like it's in society where, like, you're around those kind of people, so it's just going to really be magnified, so to say, you know what I mean? Mm. Exactly, and like it's proving to be way, way bigger than just football. Because now we even have the Bulgarian Prime Minister Boyko Borisov getting involved with these kind of situations, where he was actually asking the Bulgarian Football Union president and the Bulgarian coach to step down from their positions because of bro, it's a lot of you know, it's a lot of work, and especially like um, and FIFA has certain rules and allegations to exactly what you know you try to implement because um. 
political powers aren't allowed to influence anything to do with football. You see what I mean? Right. So, like, he has no uh, say in whether he, they, um, he, he has no say to tell them to step down or to resign or anything like that. So, bro, there's just a lot of it's it's a mess, honestly. But I know no, no, it is, it is, it is. But we need to find a solution soon, though. Like, it can't just keep on going on and people, you know, because it's one thing just you know having banners, shirts all sorts of promotions to get it out of the game but like we actually need some sort okay, of as you so said as you said a... earlier as you said earlier getting like uh, policemen like you know undercover agents in stadiums to like really identify who the culprits are that I think that I think that that definitely would be a step forward yeah because um in the FIFA um I was reading the FIFA um, docket on on trying to tackle um the racism so there's the three plans there's mm-hmm. education prevention and sanctions Right. So obviously, um, education is trying to, you know, all forms of racism, discrimination amongst players and supporters, you know, trying to make them aware that it's not right and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the anti-discrimination officer is part of the prevention where they have a specialized official in the stadiums to identify, you know, anyone doing um, racism or discrimination. Right. And, um, you know, and then obviously take the evidence to judicial bodies yeah. And then the sanctions, bro. The sanctions are a bit interesting because sanctions, for first, for a first or a minor offense, the sanctions uh, is a warning or a fine okay. or playing right. a match behind closed doors. Okay. And the second so is for a repeat offender for serious incidents, sanctions such as point deductions, expulsions, and um, completion or relegation could even be applied to the team, bro. Yeah, that's those are major, and there's also the one I was looking at earlier, the I guess BAM, which is basically the black and minority ethnic yeah. and female female uh coaching initiative, which basically looks at I their point of view would be to bring in or like have more be more diverse, but mm. like being more diverse and and you know in football would make it you know less prevalent to have racism, you know, spreading out. Because, like, people be, I guess, more educated and, like, you know, they, they're used to being in environments where it's just not one one race. Because, basically, it's just a race issue, you know what I mean? Yeah, it really it's, just, it's literally just a race issue. And for me, the biggest thing, I just feel like it's just ignorance and lack of education. Yeah. But, you know, well, it is... My brother. Right, right. I just, I literally just hope we can get this sorted as soon as possible and continue with the beautiful game. All right, and to another issue, which is more this this one this one's it's it's really conflicting honestly because we've so far we've kind of seen like the good side of it and also the bad side of it but like the VAR system being introduced in the Premier League and to, into the bigger leagues of football, do you think it has it has actually had some sort of improvement to the game, or you just think it it hasn't really helped, <laughs> bro? You know, honestly, um, I'm sure in its own right, uh, VAR has improved the game of football. But like, um, you know, some decisions really offside. Really, there's no debate about that one. That's yeah, not, yeah, um, yeah. A, you know, there's no opinion. There's no, um, you know, it it is or it isn't. But I mean, bro, and other things, bro. Come on, man. Some some calls are just disgusting, especially with the way the Premier League uses VAR. Yep. Nah, that's just not the way, bro. With not having the with not having the option of having the ref looking at the light, low screen by the time. Bro, the, the um, what do they call it? They call it the the R 
AAF or something like that. You yeah, know? yeah. The referee's assistant review thing, you know, where they go to the screen and yeah, then they yeah, yeah. Bro, why don't you use it? I mean, implement, if, you're yeah, use it, if you're gonna have it, use it properly. Exactly. The full system, implement the full system. Just don't, you know, partially include it into the game. Because we had that incident, we were talking about this the other day as well, where clearly Vertonghen took down De La Faye. But like, bro, what is that? Reason, I mean, how do four grown men? They claim to know football. <laughs> sit in a room and say that's not a penalty. Yeah, that's that's pretty. It's pretty ridiculous. Because for me, like I literally don't know what the way what the way forward is. What the way forward is. And just bro, the way real forward. Quick, I'm 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 just backtrack a bit. Yeah. Because Ebra was not impressed with Arsenal's was Arsenal's result against Sheffield. He's like, I used to call them my babies, and they still look like babies. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that guy's full of banter, bro. I swear, swear down. But anyway, real quick, my bad. Go back, go back. Let's go back to the VAR. How do you think? Do you think? Because they've they've also had kind of situations where they're just trying to save the ref's face by not highlighting that he's actually made an error or a mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah, bro. I mean, um, okay. So it's called the referee the referee review area, right? Mm-hmm. So. We've played 90 games this season. Are you right. telling me not one incident requires the ref to go check it out? But I don't understand. Okay, if you're going to have it, yes, we know it, there's going to be a pause. But I'd rather get the right decision because, listen, this has happened to Watford twice now. Twice. Yeah, yeah. So, um, they played Newcastle. Fabian Shah handballs the ball. And they strict rule. I'm going to get onto that one. So, they strict mm-hmm. rule about hands in the, in the attacking box. This, it comes off his hand. Goal. And then... Delafeo on the weekend, but this is away at Tottenham, and they lead yeah. one nil. This is two nil at Tottenham, bro, and they lost on the they bought on the table, bro. This really yeah. does something for the season. Bro. They lost those two points. Those are huge points away from those home. Those are bro. huge points, bro. You don't you yeah. don't buy those points at Tottenham. Yeah. So honestly, I mean, bro. So basically, bringing the little screen by the by this by the touchline, so to say, would actually make a huge difference. You think? Oh, yeah, it does. It does. Oh, honestly. I mean, in the Champions League, they're not even reluctant, bro. It's mm-hmm. literally... Um, and, and I mean, in the Champions League, I swear I've heard a couple where they say, um, this is this, we've seen it, but go go take a look. Go take yeah, a look yeah, for yourself, yeah. you know what I mean? Right, exactly. Have no one's undermining it. And it, it's still your final decision. Exactly, exactly. We're just exactly. bringing it to your attention. It's whether you're going to take it or not. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, I think... Because I've, I've never been a fan from day one. I never thought it would be a good addition to the game. Obviously, yeah, refs in the past have made errors and all that good stuff. But I didn't see exactly how having the VAR would... I mean, because the way they're using it just literally supports and backs my point. Like, it hasn't... For me, personally, it hasn't helped at all. Like, I haven't seen instances where, where it's helped. Well, maybe. Well, I mean, uh, well, maybe yes. Well, maybe it's because though it's against your team, bro. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, I if you, you if Kenny us. was on the podcast, bro. Yeah, yeah. I know he would have. I know he would have. I know he would have. Yeah, I hear that still. I hear that. And... Because honestly, there's a there's a smart thing that um, I said, Kevin Keown um said, and he said, and I've always backed this actually. Really, I have, because some some decisions that referees make or you know the mistakes they usually make is because they never played football. Yeah. So it would make sense to have someone in the little room, you know, um the central VR, wherever it is, yeah. to have a former player or someone that's played the game, that's a student true. of the game in the you I know think, what I mean? 
that that would be a good addition actually. That sounds like a good plan. Yeah, because like did you plan. did you see the Chris Wood one disallowed on the weekend as well? Oh yes, Burnley, Burnley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, bro. What is that, I man? That. I know, I know, I know, I know. And also, real quick. So basically, in fact, let's let's finish up on this on the VAR system. So you said having a student of the game or a former player in the in the room would would, would make a huge and significant difference for for it. Yeah, oh, definitely. No, I agree with that one. I agree with that one. And did you get a chance to uh, get a look at the at the Ballon d'Or nominees? Oh yeah, I just took a Ooh. quick browse. You know, oh, we got some big names missing here. Guess, guess the. I guess five biggest players were missing from this list, man. Five biggest players? Go ahead and tell yeah. me, bro. We got Harry Kane missing from the list. Neymar is missing from the list as well. Paul Pogba. Robertson. Arguably the best left-back in the world. And one of the best, if not best, midfielders in the world. N'Golo Kante is not on the list, bro. N'Golo oh, Kante is not on the list, bro? Mm, 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 For mm. real? He's not there. He's not there. And instead, they put. I mean, kind of justified though. We have Vinaldum on the list. What, what okay. do you think about that one? What do you think about that one? Um, honestly, Vinaldum really impressed me last season, bro. That, yeah, yeah, that guy's did. a one baller, bro. He did. He did. Bro, really, Be- he was driving them last season, bro. You know, he was making them play. And Vinaldum is so technically gifted. He gets out of place, bro. Such a mad. such a good player. Such a good player. And we have, I think this would be the biggest surprise, honestly, to the to the to the list. We have okay. Donny van de van de Beek from Ajax on the list. No, you know, you know, I watch Ajax, you know, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And really, yeah. and obviously, last season's run, people mm-hmm. really underrate Donny van de Beek. Yeah, no, but I mean personally, I I see that because he he puts in a shift all the time. It's always hundred percent from him. Maybe skill wise and all that other good stuff, he's not, but he also gets the goals too. Like, people don't notice that he gets goals, bro. bro it's the system they play, you know what I mean? Then, yeah, he, uh, he, he, you know, he makes he the leg run into roll. the box, yeah, exactly. exactly. He and and he's he's working hard in the midfield, you know, pressing, and he's yep. so he's so smart, you know, technically gifted. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. touch, two touch, and he lets you know, he frees up a lot of the other players, not for sure. So, so what you know, the usual. The usual nominees. Who do who are you backing to be? I guess give me your final five. Your final five names. My final five. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say um, Ronaldo. Okay. <laughs> like there was any surprise? Yeah, right, right. Uh, Mane. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Van Dijk. Mm, okay. All right. I need two. I need two more names. Bernardo Silva. Okay. And um, Messi. Messi. Okay. Because actually, those are those are two good and I guess different, you know, additions to it with Bernardo Silva on the list and Mane because they didn't make the FIFA Pro Eleven team or the squad either. So I guess that that's gonna be that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens to see. What happens. Bro, honestly, I don't I don't understand how people don't really. See at the achievements Bernardo Silva had last season. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's crazy, bro. He's crazy. he's one of my favorite players right now. I love the way he plays, man. 
and he always puts in a shift for the team as well. So it's bro, like, he's it's really, so hard working. I, I mean, know, um, I know. Pep Guardiola said what he was. He's the first name on my team sheet oh, last year. Exactly, exactly, and potential bro, city captain too. Yeah, bro, these things, bro. And then I mean, he goes international, and then he wins um, the UEFA Nations League, and he's the player mm-hmm. of the tournament. Honestly, no, for for sure. He does look like a, a very good a good player for City right now. Does, yeah. He does look like a good player for City. You can't win five trophies and then people don't get you don't get recognition for it. Yeah, yeah. So your top five. We have, you know, the usual culprits, Ronaldo and Messi. Who yeah. do you think is having the, the better season so far? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say Ronaldo because um, yeah. to be fair to Messi, he's been injured um for the first what is three weeks, mm-hmm. four weeks of the season. <laughs> and you know how one of our listeners was saying that he's not even the best player from his country, <laughs> bro. I I you know I never thought about it that way. <laughs> oh yeah. No, obviously you know take nothing away from you know everyone knows him Ronaldo fan, but take nothing away from Lionel Messi. He's the things he can do, but like. Okay, if we're gonna put it on the scale and you do this comparison thing, he he really isn't the best player in Argentina. He's not. He's right. not the goat in Argentina. It's Maradona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if so guys, the... and in yeah, case my bad, sorry. And in case anyone hasn't gotten the chance to watch the Maradona documentary, it's on HBO. I would definitely take a look at that one. That's one of the best documentaries, football wise, or like any sport documentary I've ever watched. It's it's so good. It's top quality stuff. I promise. Someone okay, definitely check it out. So let's say Messi goes on and wins an international trophy with actually no, you're not because Messi will never win. He's not going to win the, the win an international the World Cup. Yeah, he's not going to. Maybe he might win a, a Copa America. That's that's very possible, but he's not mm-hmm. going to win a World Cup. He had his chance and it just didn't go his way. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think Messi will ever until even till the day he retires. I don't think he will ever be um, the goat in Argentina. All right then. Did you did you wait? Did you get the chance? Oh no, you, unfortunately you didn't. My bad. But if you if you do, bro, you should definitely definitely watch the Maradona documentary. Yeah, I I really do want to watch it. Eh? Yeah, it's it's quality, it's quality for sure. And then since we're still on Argentina and you know the players right now, let's make a quick switch to Liga with PSG's Angel Di Maria. Because he seems to be carrying PSG on his shoulders right now by himself, without with Neymar and Mbappe recently being out as well. Yeah, he's stepping up big time, bro. Stepping right. up big, big time. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Do you think so? Agenda aside, Junior. Agenda aside, do you think United wasn't a good fit for him, or it was more of an issue with him not? agreeing with Van Hal or a thing where it was he had, he kind of felt like he had pressure to perform for the team and carry the team by himself so obviously I'm going to answer your question in stages bro bro I, I, I said agenda aside don't <laughs> <laughs> go on bro go I on. really I don't have an agenda bro I'm I'm speaking facts okay so I'm going to say um so Angle comes into the squad yes I think he feels a bit of pressure you know Everyone's yeah. looking at him. You know, he just came off winning the um, the Champions League. He was man mm-hmm. of the match in the last game he played for Real Madrid. And uh, man, you in that transition period, bro, you signed quite a few players. And um, obviously, I think he just didn't have. And you know, sometimes you just need to get some time, you know, to breathe in the Premier League. Yeah, it's a very for sure. difficult league. 
And um, I don't think the physicality of it would have affected him because I know Di Murray, he bombs, you know. I mean, he works yeah, hard he for the team. Yeah, he has pace, insane pace. Yeah. You know, he works hard for the team. He's very skillful. He's selfless. Yeah. It was just maybe, yes, he didn't. Um, he had a little rift with um, with Louis van Gaal. But, I mean, it was the pressure. And Man United is... And I, I just have to say, bro, Man United is toxic, bro. <laughs> of course, of course <laughs> you would. I okay, was, just, okay, wait, let, I was let, just waiting for Yeah, bro, let me, let me put some meat on this bone, bro. Let me add some context. Okay, listen. Listen, we're gonna I'm gonna put you I'm gonna put five players. Five and it's all attacking players. You've got Falcao, left mm-hmm. man United went No, to but hey, okay, yes, yeah, yeah, this he was exactly he, and I mean no, bro, like his injury his injury way before he joined United was just Okay, it, fan we, fine. We, yeah, he was never gonna come back from that. So Angle Dimaria yeah. goes to PSG, flourishes. Alright, fair enough. Lukaku scoring week in, week out. Nah, blood, but his touch is still bad. He is, but you signed him with his touch bad. Did you want to? Nah, but I know it's just it's, it's banter. It's banter still. It's banter. I'm, I'm a fan. Okay, fair. I'm a fan Memphis the pie? No, with that one, with that one, for me, it'll be the same situation as Wilfred Zaha. In, in, in a sense of that, like, I don't think they really matured when they got the signing. You know what I mean? When they, because obviously, you're a young player, young winger. You come to the, one of the biggest clubs, if not the biggest clubs in the world. And you have all sorts of pressure on you. And I don't think they were... Because I think Zaha signed at like 20, if not... Yeah, 20. I think he signed at 20. And Memphis signed at 21. You know what I mean? Obviously, and, and you know the kind of players I'm talking about here. This is Zaha and 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 Memphis. We know the kind of characters they are in, ter- in terms of the naive and like, you know, the cocky. And I don't think that really helped with coming to, to a big club like United at that point in their career. Does that make sense? Bro, but that's the thing about signing youth, bro. It's not as if, like, um, he, 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 you know, you didn't know what you're getting. You know what I mean? They yeah. are 21. Because, I mean, now you can, you, can definitely, you can definitely tell a difference between Memphis at United and Memphis at Lyon. Because now there's some, even for, for the Netherlands, because he's even popping up for them now, and he's showing so much more maturity for the team. So, I mean, with, with that one, I, Angel Di Maria, I'll, I'll take that one. I'll definitely take that one. As much as it hurts, I think, you know, United wasn't, was the problem in that situation. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. But shifting focus real quick onto the Bundesliga, bro. It's looking tight there. Because the, guess, how, guess what the point difference between the number one team and the number nine team is? Okay, wait, 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 wait. I, I, I even forgot. Okay, so what are you going to say about daily blend? Or is it because he's playing in the family? You and I both know that the Dutch league isn't. Bro, I'm the, just the best. you know what? Okay, fine. We can make excuses. And yeah, honestly, but obviously yeah. the Champions League, the Champions League run last yeah, but look, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Look how yeah, many yeah, players yeah. there are. Okay, we're gonna say Memphis and them are young, and, but they need play. Okay, even look at Johnny Evans. Blood, really? He's holding his. Yeah, he's holding his own, bro. Junior, I'm not gonna. Junior, really, Johnny Evans. Okay, uh, can you fold Johnny Evans since he started playing for Leicester? I mean, he's really? doing well, but like, it's nothing special. Bro, Leicester is third in the Premier League, I'll bro. Give, I'm going to give him Didi and Soyon, so What's his name? Soyoncu? Soyoncu? The, the, yeah, the, the Turkish kid. I'm going to give them credit. I'm definitely, you know, I'm, okay, there's and last no season... chance on earth. There's no chance on earth I'm going to give credit to Johnny Evans. <laughs> Absolutely not, man. He got bloody um, West Brom relegated. Can't, what do you have to say about that now? 
Wow, bro. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Man United is toxic, bro. I, I can't, yeah. bro. I can't actually handle this, bro. And this yeah. is this is me having an argument without fact, bro. Like these are just players off the top, man. I wonder, I wonder the players are on earth, bro. Course, I really bro. Google, bro. For you, it's always an agenda against United. But anyway, as I, I said, no, <laughs> no. Nah, nah, as I said, onto Bundesliga, bro. Do you know what the point difference is between the number one team being Borussia Mönchengladbach and number nine Leverkusen? You know what the point difference is? I swear it's like two points in two points, bro. Number yeah. one has sixteen. Number one has sixteen points. Number nine has fourteen points. So it's looking really for me. I it makes me it makes me happy seeing the Bundesliga flourish like this, honestly, because it's always been known. It's always been known as one of those leagues where it's always Dortmund or. You know, buying to just compete for the league, but this is actually looking like a, like a good, like a good season for it. You know, <laughs> bro. Honestly, um, no, it is looking, it is looking really nice. But yeah, it's looking like you know, eight season. games into the season. Yeah, I'm but a, of course, of course, call it, call like it at twenty games, bro. It's gonna be buying. Yeah, five point sure. six points ahead, and you know, and the rest just chasing second. Mm, but we'll it is really about interesting. That one. Okay, well, look, look at Dortmund. Dortmund for the first half of the season were. We're killing our uh, Bayern Munich, bro. And then what happened? Yeah, yeah. Bayern just started steamrolling people, bro. For debate's sake, yeah, I'm going to back Dortmund to win the title. Even though Serge Gnabry's in the form of his life, I'm going to go with Dortmund. No, honestly, I would love for Borussia Dortmund to win yeah, the league. Bro, you know? they deserve it. They deserve yeah, it. they really do, bro. And it's such a it's such a beautiful team, bro. No, no, absolutely. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. You know, I'm and I, I, one of my um, favourite players and um, could have been a potential... Great player without the injuries, Marco Royce, bro. He bro. deserves some glory in his. He, he does, bro. He does. I, I, did he wait? Was he at the World Cup, by the way? Um, was he? What did he miss out through injury? I'm not too sure. I don't remember. I'm actually not sure about that, man. Yeah, no, I think yeah. he was at the World Cup. I'm yeah, I hope he sure was. I hope he has that medal, bro. I hope he has that medal. Because remember, how, how I, was, I was bantering about how Christoph Kramer has a has a medal <laughs> and he only played <laughs> in the final, bro. Bro, yeah, didn't he play like um is it yeah. twelve minutes in the final? Then yeah. he got and I think he got concussed. Yeah, exactly. He got concussed bro, and that, con- that concussion didn't wear off. Yeah. He went back. Yeah, I know because he <laughs> scored an own goal from the half. Bro. bro, I was actually laughing about this the other day. He's he scored like three since that concussion, <laughs> and and all of them are like, "Well, these two, that's what makes it even better." Yeah, but football's a, you know it's a funny game, man. Eh? It's a no, funny. It's a I mean, um, if you look at the Germany team. That won the World yeah. Cup, and then the yeah. players that started playing after—it's crazy, bro. Some of those yeah, players really just disappeared, man. It's a madness, bro. It's a madness. And to think Mustafi our... was 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 almost starting in that squad. Eh? No, but I mean he was kind of looking good, yeah. At that time, he was actually looking like a problem. And Real Madrid almost signed him, bro. That's how good he was, eh? Imagine Ramos and Mustafi. They I might mean... not even have been a Varane at the time. Eh? <laughs> Imagine that. That would be mad. That would be bad. And for our un- unpopular opinion of the day, this is a very this is a very strange subject to bring up. Well, for the for I guess for our generation, you know what I mean? Because we don't really get to witness, and you know it sounds so random. We don't really get to witness AC Milan's glory glory days. You know what I mean? Like, it's, bro, it's, it's, do it's, we have it's a, like do we have another hour on this podcast, bro? <laughs> I swear, bro. AC Milan is, bro, that's, that topic, bro, could go on forever, bro. It's so club, interesting once you give it a that, good read. That club hurts me, bro. That club hurts me. Because you remember the days with Filippo and Zaghi, Gattuso, 
all their men, bro. Like, and now who they who do they have now? I I literally bro, don't even watch AC Milan play anymore. Like, it's I mean, it's bro, literally... that, that squad was beautiful, bro. I know it was a proper is it, team. Is it two or three Champions League fi- two Champions League finals in three years? Yeah, it was it was a madness. Do you think they can return to the glory days, though? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, obviously now they've appointed um, again. They've given him his 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 old job back at his beloved club. Uh, mm-hmm. Paolo Maldini's back in the you know in the technical um, department. Yeah, in the technical department. Right. And you know, interesting enough, they've got someone with the experience and the brains. You know, um, his former teammate—I just forgot his name. His former teammate is now the um, the the actual technical director, and he was vice president of FIFA. Right. So, like, I mean, now it's, I mean, they're ranked 12th in in the Serie A right now. And they're looking more like United than United are looking like Milan, if if you get what I mean. Bro, yeah, no, I mean, United, if United isn't careful, they could fall into that trap because, I mean, AC Milan tried to do that thing where they employed, you know, their former players and mm -hmm. tried to, you know, try to get them back. I mean, they they employed Sadov as their coach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Inzaghi as their coach, Gattuso as their coach, um, Vincenzo Montella as their coach. You know all of these players, and I mean, Man United is trying to do the same thing. You know, now they're saying, um, Ed Woodward is saying we we want a technical director that's been at the club before. You know, a former player maybe. That's all nonsense. I don't. I don't it, like. It really is all nonsense, that. bro. I mean, I obviously, like you know. Italy and it's all mafia syndrome, bro. You know, they need to know the the people that are getting involved in the club. I get it, bro. And you know, when it's a family club, it, it really makes sense. But yeah, no, AC Milan is gonna it's gonna take some battling to get through this. Yeah, I I hope they pull through, honestly. I really hope they pull through. And it's gonna be I, I wonder if it's gonna be if it might just be better once the the new stadium is built, maybe. Oh, the, oh, yeah, I, I forgot about that. Inter Milan and AC are actually planning to build a new stadium. Yeah, you know, it might attract a few good players and maybe get, give them more um, stability financially and mm-hmm. hopefully AC Milan might return. Now, fingers crossed for them. Fingers crossed for them. And on that note, guys, that's going to be it for the One Touch podcast today. Thank you for tuning in with us, myself, Voyo and Junior. As I said, my co, my what did I, what did I say you were? <laughs> Co-conspirator, bro. <laughs> yeah, as always. Thank you guys for joining us today, and be sure to catch us next week again, as we have a very interesting topic to, to discuss. And be sure, exactly, again, sorry, to follow us on Instagram at One Touch Podcast and on Twitter at One Touch Podcast as well. And yeah, Junior, do you have anything else to say, bro? Oh, bro, all I have to say is, when are you getting the new FIFA 20, bro? I'm, I'm ready to beat you online, bro. <laughs> I'm not a fan of FIFA 20, to be honest. I've I've said this from the get-go. I've, I think they just released an unfinished game, and I'm, I'm not feeling it. Because I play the demo, as I said, and it's just not for me. I prefer FIFA 19 by a mile. By a mile. But on that note, thank you guys for joining us, and have a good one, yeah? And take care.